We bid you welcome in the name of Jesus, our exalted head. Come as a serpent, so he came, and we receive you in his name. Come as a shepherd, guard, and keep this fold from hell and world and sin. Nourish the lambs and feed the sheep, the wounded heal, the lost bring in. Come as a teacher sent from God, charged his whole counsel to declare our ranks in courage, laggards fraud, while we uphold your hands with prayer. Come as a messenger of peace, filled with the Spirit, fired with love. Live to enjoy our large increase, and die to meet us all above. Page 208, The Order of Matins, we stand. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, King who comes to save us. Behold, the Lord comes to save us. O come, let us worship Him. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. 
The deep places of the earth are in his hand. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, for he made it. <coughs> oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Behold, the Lord comes to save us. Oh, come, let us worship Him. You may be seated. Hymn number three in the green book. Son from heaven, foretold by ancient seers, by God the Father given, in human shape appears, no sphere his life confining, no star so brightly shining. As he our morning star, O time of God appointed, O bright and holy morn, he comes the King anointed, the Christ the Virgin born. His home on earth he maketh, and man of heaven partaketh of life again and air. O Lord, our hearts awaken to know and love thee more. In faith to stand unshaken, in spirit to adore, that we still heavenward hasting, yet hear thy joy foretasting, may reap its fullness there. The psalmody is in your 
white insert. And we chant responsibly. Tidings of peace to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with strength. Say to the cities of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, See, our God is coming, the one whom we awaited. David and all his afflictions. How he Surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. Until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the Mighty One of Jacob. Let us go into his tabernacle. Let us worship at his footstool. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness. And let your saints shout for joy. The Lord has sworn in truth to David. He will not turn from it. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony, which I shall teach them, their sons also shall sit upon your throne forevermore. The 
This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will also clothe her priests with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but upon himself his crown shall flourish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. O you who bring good tidings of peace to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with strength. Say to the cities of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, see our God is coming, the one whom we awaited. Go up onto a high mountain, you who are bringing the good news to Zion. Lift up your voice with strength. Psalm 98 There shall come a star out of Jacob A man shall rise out of Israel All kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory.
has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of the song. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, shout joyfully before the Lord the King. Let the sea roar and all its fullness. The world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. With righteousness he shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, World without end, amen. There shall come a star out of Jacob. A man shall rise out of Israel. He shall smite all the princes of the Gentiles. And all the earth shall be his possession. All kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. first reading for Ember Friday is from the 11th chapter of Isaiah. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. Here ends the reading. 
The second reading is from St. Luke chapter 1. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Here ends the reading. The responsory is on page 211. Poor rapper, O Lord. Your word is firmly set in the heavens. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. If you turn in your hymnal uh, to the catechism section, page Page 210, how the unlearned should be taught to confess. What is confession? Answer, confession embraces two parts. One is that we confess our sins, the other that we receive absolution or forgiveness from the confessor as from God himself, and in no wise doubt, but firmly believe that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. What sins should we confess? Answer, before God we should plead guilty of all sins even of those which we do not know, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. But before the confessor, we should confess those sins only, which we know and feel in our hearts. Which are these? Answer. Here, consider your station according to the Ten Commandments, whether you are a father, mother, son, daughter, 
master, mistress, servant, whether you have been disobedient, unfaithful, slothful, whether you have grieved any person by word or deed, whether you have stolen, neglected, or wasted aught, or done other injury. Let me set that aside. sermon text is Matthew 3. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out, to G- went out to John and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw on Wednesday that John preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In Matthew 3, he says, Repent, happens to be the Greek word, metanoia. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As I spoke on Wednesday about the connection with baptism and repentance, we saw that uh, repentance itself, this baptism of repentance, uh, was not a... Uh, The baptism itself is a one-time act, but it was not to be done and forgotten as if you had a checklist and and checked it off. It was a life. You were baptized into a life of repentance, which would involve a continual sorrow over sin and a continuing uh, in faith in Jesus. We saw that Luther picked up on this with his 95 Theses, Uh, And, as we took a look at the very uh, first three, but in particularly the first one, where he says, number one, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. The entire life to be one of repentance. Not simply, the second one said, not simply the sacrament of, of penance, Uh, nor is it simply about an an inner repentance. Well, today I'd like to take a look at the connection of confession, uh, which is our catechism section for this Ember Days. Confession, Wednesday was with baptism, today with Lord's Supper. Uh, About this connection together of of confession and, and Lord's Supper. What do we find? Well, we find some... What, what might seem to be con, conflicting, uh, conflicting words concerning the uh, uh, connection of confession uh, to Lord's Supper. What we find is that the Roman Church connected these two uh, directly, um, forcing upon those who would come uh, that they were to, they must do confession before. 
In the large catechism, there's a brief exhortation to confession, and it talks about the three things that had changed uh, in regards to the Lutherans and confession. It says, concerning confession, we have always taught that it should be voluntary and purged of the Pope's tyranny. We have been set free from his coercion, from the intolerable burden he imposed upon the Christian church up to now. As we all know from experience, there has been no loss quite so oppressive than that which forced everyone to make confession on pain of the gravest mortal sin. So first of all, they, as, as the Lutherans come into confession, they say, well, we were, we were forced to do this. In fact, it was considered almost a mortal sin if you uh, did not. Number two, moreover, it so greatly burdened and tortured consciences with the enumeration of all kinds of sin. We were forced to confess all sins. Nothing was to be left out. If you left it out, then it wasn't forgiven. Uh, and so we, no one it bothered the conscience so much that we didn't uh, uh, confess purely enough. How could we make sure that we had not left out one of our sins? And finally, the Lutheran said, no one taught or understood what confession is or how useful and comforting it is. The Lutheran said, and so we are going to teach concerning this confession uh, its purpose in life, uh, why it needs to be done. So on the one hand, uh, confession was separated out from Lord's Supper. You no longer were required to do it in order to come to, uh, before you could come to Lord's Supper. But then, as I say, the conflicting kind of evidence that you had with this is that then you have the Lutherans saying that we have not abolished it, but we have kept it. In fact, we often encourage it. Augsburg Confession 25. Confession has not been abolished by the preachers on our side. The custom has been retained among us of not administering the sacrament to those who have not been previously examined and absolved. And then, Article 24 says, to begin with, we must repeat the prefatory sacrament or statement that we do not abolish the Mass, but religiously keep and defend it. In our churches, the Mass is celebrated every Sunday and on other festivals when the sacrament is offered to those who wish for it after they have been examined and absolved. So, why do the Lutherans keep this confession? Um, for the same reasons that John the Baptist preached a baptism of repentance. It is a repentance of life. It is not something that is a one-time thing or that we ought to confine it to a particular rite when you come and have individual confession and absolution. But instead... We have said, in order that you might come to Lord's Supper, and if the Lord's Supper is to remember the Lord's death, that is, that he suffered and died for your sins, you also need to know that you have sins. And so in order to receive what God is giving out, well, of course, our entire life ought to be one of a uh, confession. 
we find that it is of great benefit and fruit for believers that they might have a salutary use of the Lord's Supper. In other words, if we're talking about a worthy reception, a worthy reception is those who come knowing their sins and wanting to receive the forgiveness. So our Lord Jesus Christ instituted the Lord's Supper for us, for our great benefit, that he might give us uh, uh, the heavenly forgiveness and all that he has offered. Why does he want to do this? He wants to do this, first of all, because we need it. He, he knows about our original sin. He knows about the original sin that brings forth actual sins. And he says, I wish to give to you the very body and blood which earned your salvation. I wish to give it to you that it might uh, uh, impart to you forgiveness and that it might help you. But two, because he knows that those who believe in Christ... Though the scriptures say, whoever believes and is baptized will not, will be saved, but you who does not believe will be condemned. Nevertheless, what do we find? Our unworthiness, our weakness, often hovers before our eyes. We see our weakness, uh, our anxiety-ridden conscience that makes us to go, well, but am I really saved? And it leads me to doubt whether uh, uh, this is, uh, in fact, true. And so our Lord set up the Lord's Supper, the institution of it, that we who see our sins through confession might also receive the forgiveness of those sins and that it might comfort the conscience and once again teach us concerning uh, this forgiveness that we have and you might say, and then with this, we ought to go out in thanksgiving and praise, leading a life of, of, of Christian uh, uh, virtues. And then we find once again that we are so sluggish in our Christian life. We find that the sin that hides under our flesh, we only too often uh, uh, see our, our sin, our fleshly weakness, uh, we know that we ought to do and we fail to love our neighbor and, and uh, we see the, the desires that come from our heart and the anger and the lust and these things. And the Lord wishes to make us certain because we go, well, I confessed this last week and I confessed it the week before and I'm still struggling with this. And the Lord says, let me assure you, let me assure you each and every week that yes, I understand that that sinful nature is not finally going to be destroyed until the last day and until you die and go to heaven. And so in that time, due to this great weakness uh, that, that is along this uh, chopped off trunk of a tree, uh, the sin just keeps shooting out roots and I have to just keep cutting it off. The Lord says, let me assure you that you are again my child. You are welcome to my table. I understand that you are fighting against your sin and that you are a part of this covenant. We cannot uh, uh, be assured of this too often. And so finally, in Lord's Supper, having in, in living this life of repentance, we find one more thing, that we cannot come to him. We find due to our weakness, our God who is in heaven, our God who is holy, we cannot come to him. But in Lord's Supper, he comes to us. 
He comes to us who are weighed down by the burden that he might lift us up. He comes that he might assure us of his love for us. He comes to us that he might strengthen us uh, in this matter so that we can uh, uh, reach out uh, to others and and, uh, love. Luther says in the large catechism, if you are a Christian, you need neither my compulsion nor the Pope's command. You will compel yourself. Uh, you will beg me for the privilege of sharing in, first of all, the confession that we might receive absolution, and next that we might receive Lord's Supper, uh, the forgiveness of sins that he is uh, uh, giving us, that he might lift up our heart in praise and thanksgiving to God. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Page 217, the canticle for Advent is the Benedictus. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness be for him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins through the tender mercy of our God when the day shall dawn upon us from on high to give light to them who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, 
to guide our feet into the way of peace. Go to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray. Stir up thy might, we beseech thee, O Lord, and come, that they who trust in thy loving kindness may be the more speedily freed from all adversity. Who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life, in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal. Through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, now and ever. Amen. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, your mercies are new to us every morning. And you, though we in no wise deserve your goodness, abundantly provide for all our wants of body and soul. Give us, we humbly pray, your Holy Spirit, that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness towards us. Give thanks for all your benefits and cheerfully serve you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.